Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by mentalmastery.com.au, the show dedicated to fun mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. It's Roscoe here. It's great to be back. I missed the... Was that the first one that I missed, Jamie? Welcome to you, Jamie Glazier. How are you up there in Queensland? You, you well? I'm very well, Roscoe. Yes, you uh, you did miss the last episode with Feltz, um, which was great to, to catch up and have a chat with Feltz. And, uh, yeah, but we did miss you because we know, and I know how much of uh, uh, value you bring to the podcast and the questions that you ask and the different angles that you look at because you're not as especially in that situation where I'm, I'm talking with a client, um, you're not as attached to our work. So you just, yeah, come from different angles. So we did miss you, but um, hopefully moving forward, we'll, uh, we'll have you on, uh, you know, most of them again. Mate, well, I enjoyed listening in because obviously um, editing it and putting it together, you know, I listened to it intently and uh, there wasn't a lot of editing to be, to be needed. But, uh, you know, not knowing Jared, it was great to listen to that story and uh, he had a a lot of great messages there. Once again, another one of your clients that you've brought onto the podcast that was open, honest, raw, emotional, and yeah. you know so valuable to um hear hear that and you know Snides the other week and that was great. Um, yeah. so let's just uh, get straight to the point. Not too long ago, I caught up with uh, Dom as a party, who you obviously know, uh, yep. PGA Tour coach, and I said. Dom, how does it feel to be a PGA Tour coach? Well, I haven't spoken to Dom since, but obviously a lot's happened. I'll say to you, how does it feel to be a PGA Tour mental performance coach, a PGA winning Tour mental performance coach? How does it feel? Yeah, look, it's um, uh, I, I, it's hard to put into words, to be honest, because, you know, with Herbie and the team, we've been on this journey for seven years. Um, Dom has been coaching Herbie since the age of 12 or 13 We've had a lot of ups and downs, which we've discussed as a team openly. Um, you know, it was interesting because Herbie missed his first two cuts and then called Dom and said, I need you out here. Like, get out here straight away. I need your help. And then to do some really good work for two weeks in Orlando and go and play the next event and win, it's so rewarding. And for me, to see Dom on the green in Bermuda with Herbie and celebrate that win because he wasn't there. Neither of us have been to his other two wins. For me, that was the most special moment in my career, um, to see them both there celebrating and enjoying that together with the journey they've been on. It's, um, it's an emotional one just thinking about it again. And every time I think about it, I, I, I do get emotional. It's, um, it's, an, it's phenomenal. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's giving us drive and motivation to continue to work hard because of the opportunities he's now got in front of him next year with all the all the big events he's he's got a, you know got access to the Masters, yeah. And for me in my work, it's it's a great thing to win a PGA Tour event, but I also know that added stresses, pressures, expectations are going to come with that. So I also need to be on top of my game and uh, help him navigate that journey as as best as we can. Yeah, it was. Uh... A special moment for Australian golf, a special moment for Lucas. And, you know, if you've just joined the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast listenership recently, you know, you can catch maybe two or three episodes, three episodes now, maybe maybe more with uh, Lucas. And we caught up with him after he won the Irish Dubai Duty Free Classic. He was in Edinburgh and, and we digested 
you know, the win and, and some of the emotions. We talked about a lot of stuff that he'd been through to get to that second win on the European tour. And, you know, when I caught up with Dom recently, you know, we, we sort of talked about, I think, Lucas's game is built around the PGA Tour. It's built perfect for the PGA Tour. And, you know, in America, they probably didn't get the, the, the coverage that, um, you know, we, we got here. But, you know, Dom and I sort of talked. I said, you know, I won't think, I don't think it's too long until, you know, he, he can, you know, break through. And it certainly wasn't too long at all. You know, the third time out, it was just amazing. It was just so good to see, you know, Pewey on the green with his, you know, now I'm, I'm coining it the signature move, you know, the flying, yeah. the flying yeah. leap, yeah, legs off the ground. Uh, you know, to see Dom there was just, just amazing. Uh, you've obviously spoken to Lucas since. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how's, how's he handling it? Oh, look, it's, um, we caught up the day after. Um, so yeah, I think it was nighttime on the Monday, uh, and he was, um, yeah, obviously so happy. I mean, watching that final round, um, seeing how he handled himself was phenomenal. Um, you know, when he won Ireland wire to wire and he went through that little bit of a patch where he struggled in the final round and, and got himself back on track. This situation was com- like almost completely the opposite. He didn't struggle. He handled himself really well in some atrocious conditions. They had to move the final round early because the conditions were just horrible. You know, and I asked Pew, I'm like, did he handle the conditions as well as what it looked like on TV? Um, and Pew, he said, even better. Like you, you could not have, sc- like he just was phenomenal. So when I had the chance to catch up with him and ask him a few things, it was really exciting to hear him talk about some concepts that we've worked on since the WGC Mexico earlier this year where he finished nearly dead last, well, second last and a ridiculous, I think, 30-odd shots away from the winner. He spoke about a few things that he wanted to strengthen and we, we've, we've spent a bit of time working on those things this year and to see that come into fruition down the final nine holes of a, of a Sunday at a PGA Tour event to help him win was fantastic and it's concepts that we have as part of the Mental Mastery Clubhouse courses and people would have heard on the podcast before about, um, you know, psychological flexibility and allowing yourself the freedom to fail. They were things that Herbie mentioned was, you know, played a big part in walking down the 12th hole going, you know what, it doesn't matter if I win today. I know that the way I'm playing and the way I'm handling myself, I know that I will win a PGA Tour event in the future, whether it's this one, this year, next year, the year after, it doesn't matter because I know that will happen. So creating that little bit more of a flexible timeline to give himself that room and space was ultimately the thing that helped him to handle the situation better than his opposition and better than the players around him. And, uh, um, you know, for me that was was so rewarding to hear. Um, and then, you know, I think he spoke about it early on, actually, around the eighth hole. And then on the 12th hole, where he was playing really well and he, he had the lead, he turned around and said to Pew, he's like, we can't lose this. Like, there's no, I just can't see a way that we lose this tournament with the way that that's going, the way I'm feeling, the way my opposition is, is, is struggling a little bit in the conditions. I just feel so confident. And he was so calm about that, not in an arrogant way, but just in a calm, confidence way and... Um, you know, he said, if I keep doing what I'm doing for the next six holes, I, I really believe I'm going to put myself in a position to win this tournament. And, you know, he did that. He was so calm coming down the stretch and so controlled, hitting iron off certain tees where other guys were hitting driver. And he just he just knew how to win, you know, and that was this, the separating factor was he'd won before and he knew how to win. And, uh, yeah, very exciting. But uh, at the same token, he's, you know, 
He knows there's work to do to continue to, to try and tap into his best 10%. When he's got his top 10% or 20%, he's world-class. And he said, I just need to work out how can I bring that more consistently. So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting. So. so in terms of his uh, next few years, you know, what, what are the, just remind everyone what doors that opens up, you know. So obviously the big one that uh, I'm not sure it was part of the building block, I'm sure it was, but yeah. getting to the Masters, you know. So finishing inside the World Top 50 got him into the Masters, but – you know, that win obviously catapults him into 40-somethings uh, yeah. and then gets a whole heap of other start, starts. Um, what, what does that look like? Yeah, look, the, the Masters has been a, a building block for years, you know, three years or so, talking about finishing the year in the top 50 so he gets the, the invite. Um, he hasn't been able to do that yet. And even now, before this event, he was 57. So he would, if he's outside the top 50 come end of the year, he misses out on the invite. He might get a special invite, but that's, you know, probably low, um, a low chance of happening. But getting the win now, that just locks up an invite to, to the Masters, locks up an invite to all the majors, all the, the WGCs, um, you know, the Bay Hills, the bigger events on the PGA Tour, and now he's got winner's category where he gets automatic invites into those. And I think one of the most valuable things it does for him is he can now pick and choose what events he wants to play in, where before he was a little bit like he just has to play whatever ones he can get into. Now he can control his schedule and control his training weeks in preparation for those tournaments as well. So basically he's now got full control over his year, which is the most valuable thing a rookie can have because you just don't you don't have that opportunity. Yeah, it's great. It's obviously going to be a very interesting way that it unfolds for us to be able to follow it so closely thank you to you thank you to dom thank you to lucas as well i'm sure we'll, we'll once he you know his uh, media street for the next uh, few weeks stops you know i'm sure we'll catch up with him maybe when he's back in australia but um you know the the alleviation of pressure i'm not sure if it's pressure i'm not sure i've not been in that position but if it's pressure uh you know the alleviation that must be such a, a free way for him to now you know think about his next few years and um yeah i think it was it's interesting because one thing I messaged him this morning, and this is, uh, you know, I asked him, give me one word, the first word that comes to mind to explain how you feel in, in, in preparation for this week's event. Because I just wanted to know how he was framing his win and expectation and, and, you know, a big event coming up. And he just said, relaxed. And um, for me that, you know, that couldn't be, it's such a powerful word to be relaxed. Um, We obviously had a conversation about how we can maintain sharpness while being relaxed, but it's great that he's been able to digest the win, understand the freedoms that it gives him, the flexibility that it gives him and to be in a relaxed place because, um, you know, that's, that's an important thing. And, you know, we rewind his playing in, in, um, you know, the Mexico this week, then he's got a week off and then he's going to Dubai for the, the, the tour championships on the European tour, which rewind 12 months ago and he was on in the car on the way to the airport and he wasn't relaxed. He mm. was so stressed um, about knowing that, okay, he's going to go to Dubai, then he's going to go here and he's going to miss time with his family and friends and he knew that he was going to have a big year this year in Europe and hopefully the U.S., and he decided to turn around because he thought that was the right thing for his overall mental health and well-being was to just spend time with his family, with his friends, get that, when we say get it out of the system, but just, you know, really spend good quality time with him so that when he does leave to commit to a full year away from home, 
he's actually okay doing that. And, um, you know, that was a mental health reason to, to turn around and go back home and not play Dubai. Um, and it set him, it set himself up beautifully, beautifully for, for what he's gone through this year. And, um, you know, have the courage to, to do that, to turn away and say, I'm not playing, um, takes a lot of courage. You know, we've seen a lot of athletes, whether it be Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles this year at the Olympics, a lot of athletes have that courage to step away when they need to, um, but it still takes a lot of courage. And, uh, you know, 12 months ago he did that and, and, and without a doubt he's now reaping the rewards for that decision. Now, you've recently had a little bit of a break. You know, was that yeah. what was was that time to reflect? And were you, were you doing your own version of what Herbie did there, getting away and resetting? What was the the plan behind the, that break? Yeah, look, I think it was it was interesting because I had eight days away in far north Queensland. Went to Port Douglas, um, Cape Tribulation, snorkel the Great Barrier Reef, and. Uh, my Jackie, my wife had a poker tournament up in Townsville, so I went up there for about eight days first and worked out of the um out of the hotel room, and she worked. But then there was a discussion we had about two months ago where she said, after that after that week in Townsville where where she's playing poker and I'm working, we're having it. We're having eight days off, nine days off, whether you like it or not. You need it, and I'm forcing you to have it. And I haven't really done that much before i haven't had a holiday for a couple of years i'm sort of always my because of the nature of the work i do with the with the people i work with i'm pretty much on call 24 7 and i've you know i might have a dozen athletes in my stable that are on a different time zone so i have to be 24 7 um that the typical monday through friday doesn't work for me because my athletes compete thursday through sunday but then I work with a whole bunch of other clients here during the week. So it could be, I could go months without having a day off and not really realizing the negative impact that has on my overall health and well-being because I love what I do. I don't consider it work so much. I have such a passion for what I do. I could literally go two months without a day off and not really feel like it's negatively impacted me. But I have noticed the last couple of months stress and anxiety in my overall health and well-being has been impacted and I needed a good hard reset to see what the benefits were and uh, it, uh, it just came at the most beautiful time and the positive effects I felt from a physiological point of view, a mental and emotional point of view, uh, a cognitive point of view have just been astounding. So um, I flew back in yesterday, got back into work today, I've had a pretty busy day but um I'm now just setting up my calendar, my schedule, so that I don't need a hard reset. I'm going to be managing these things along the way. So I'm having time to myself and days off or time periods during the day that is focused on myself, which, Roscoe, they're things I tell all my clients to do, mm. you know. But as a mental performance coach, um, a mental health practitioner, and people in that field will know Generally, we neglect our own health and well-being for the benefit of our clients. Do you, you see that as a trait? You know, is it men and women, or you know, if, if men's health is the thing, the men do it more so. You know, um, 
we've had obviously a couple of pretty deep conversations of recent times, you know, based on my own personal situation. And, you know, you were the one that said to me, you know, what's happening to you could be a result most likely as a result of stress and anxiety, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And my initial reaction was to go, no, 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 I'm, I don't suffer stress, anxiety, and I deal with that perfectly well. Thank you very much. But yeah, you know, in reflecting and when you be open to what's happening to you, physiologically um yeah you know you look at cause and effect and exactly right you know do, do most men that you see push stuff like that away oh definitely like absolutely men more so push it away than than women do but women certainly you know they they deal with a lot of stress uh, a lot of pressure a lot of anxiety it's a, it's a different form um the, but everybody's stress and anxiety is a different form not gender specific um but you know the the cause and effect. We can we can push down the cause and deny the cause and put a blanket over it and cover it up, but the effect we can't hide. You know the effect of stress and anxiety um, changes our the way we behave, the way we communicate, our relationships. It changes um, our physiology. You know when we have stress at a high level and all of a sudden our heart's palpitating and we are having panic attacks or we, you know, a lot of these other physiological impacts of stress, we can't deny that. We can't hide that because your body will just shut down. Um, and that's when you need to go, okay, you know, the warning signs were there on the wall a long, long time ago and I didn't act on it. And, you know, for, for you, um, whether you share it or, or not, but, you know, I had that conversation with you multiple times before, something happened where you're like, okay, shit, I can't hide that anymore. I've got to act on it. And, you know, it's, um, yeah. Well, you, well, yeah, you could see it, you know, and I'm happy to talk about it. And I spoke about it on the Mile of Golf podcast uh, last week, you know, just told yeah. everyone what happened. And, you know, I got some really nice feedback to say, hey, thanks for sharing. Um, a, are yeah. you okay? And B, thanks. But we should talk about it because, you know, you, you've observed, you know, me, uh, working so closely with me on the project that we work on, and you know, you know how my, what my load is outside of here. You know, three podcasts yeah. plus a business plus plus plus, and um, yeah. you know, it it can only get to such a point where something's gonna. You know, there's a pressure valve, and that yeah. pre that pressure valve, I think, you know, not I think, I know, came a couple of Thursday nights ago at one o'clock in the morning when I pulled myself off of the um the bathroom tiles yeah i'd fallen asleep pretty much normal behavior for me fall asleep on the lounge uh, during lockdown you know staying up a bit too late doing some work and whatever burning the candle but i thought i, I yeah. got up went to the bathroom came out of the bathroom i uh, went to turn left to come back to bed and boom there i was out cold yeah. on the bathroom tiles and i pulled myself up off the bathroom tiles and immediately thought what am I doing here who woke me up why have I woken up from this sleep I was enjoying that sleep um yeah. I'd passed out fainted whatever you call it yeah. and um yeah. and I thought well that's a bit unusual for me but really um I, w I went to bed uh I got up the next morning I told Alex what had happened Alex is my wife and uh, she went nuts she said why didn't you wake me up immediately and I said well I was okay I checked that I could talk I didn't think that I was having a stroke or anything like that my heart wasn't hurting so yeah. She said, you should have told me. I said, yeah, okay, fair enough. I should have. Uh, I went to the doctor. Uh, my heart rate is very, very slow, uh, which was 
abnormal for the doctor and my blood pressure was high. Now, mm-hmm. most people think high blood pressure, high heart rate, that's not good. Well, equally low heart rate is equally as bad. Mm-hmm. So that was a concern and the alarm bells, you know, I could tell by the doctor's reaction sitting there watching him going, he's actually quite concerned about me. Off to yeah. get the tests, whatever, ECGs, all that sort of stuff. And uh, back the next week and, you know, it was a great day the day they went back because I'd played golf with Sam Doherty who, as you know, you know, Sam's one of our former, yeah. go- you know, your former golfing buddies was still one of mine, but Sam Doherty, Carlton football club captain, co-captain has been on his own journey battling uh, cancer. Um, And it was just an enlightening day to spend four hours on a golf course surrounded by his positivity. Um, We'll get back to that in a second because there's another story in that um, regarding men's health and just enjoying golf. But I went back to the doctor. You know, fortunately the signs were all good. You know, I had to get an ECG again um, because the first one didn't look great. I uh, got another one. It was okay. My blood pressure was back to sort of somewhat normal, but my heart rate still very low. Um, basically, the deduction, as you pointed out, as he pointed out, it was it was probably stress and stress related. You know, due to yeah. you know not giving you that self that space, that time, that that break. Yeah. And and now I've had to try and do. You know, I'm going to have to try and do that. You know, a day off is a day off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't have a day off like you, you know, like it's one yeah. thing, one thing, next thing, next thing. And yeah. just got to create that. So anyway, long story short is you, know, you have to, you have to be sensitive to where you're, how you're feeling. Your body, yeah. your body tells you what's happening. Your mind tells you what's happening. If you push it away, I yeah. think that's when things go wrong. Don't push Absolutely. it away. Don't push it away. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, you know, we speak a lot about psychological flexibility in the game of golf. Mm. Now, when we talk about our workload, we also have to create that flexibility. You know, you and I started this project, the Mental Mastery Clubhouse, and we had some really great visions of what we were going to deliver. And um, we've done a phenomenal job delivering that. But at the same time, certain things that we hope to deliver by a certain timeline, sometimes that timeline's got to change. Mm-hmm. And it's got to change because there are more important things than delivering a video or a course on time. And those more important things are each of our own health and well-being. Because if either of us aren't functioning at a high level, the Mental Mastery Clubhouse is of no value to anyone. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we start, I started this mental game Mondays a tip every Monday inside the clubhouse, I would upload a video, Mental Game Mondays, every Monday. We did one Monday a couple of weeks ago. And then last week I started my holidays on the Monday. And you know what was great about it was I completely forgot to do the video. And that showed me that I was completely invested in this holiday. I'd switched off because I forgot about, oh, we have to have a video on a Monday. But then the next week comes. And I didn't upload the video until Tuesday. I still call it Mental Game Mondays because the video was about burnout and how to manage burnout, how to be aware of burnout and, you know, create that little bit of flexibility. Um, And, you know, I've said to you the last, you know, month or so, we've had some some courses that we're trying to launch and release and, yeah, it'd be great to have them on this deadline. But all of a sudden some things change your health is more important than, than any course we need to deliver on any timeline we, we set out. Um, 
So we just go, hey, let's just sit back, get yourself right, do things when we can. If it's a delay and we have to apologise for people because we've had a delay, then we apologise for people to have a delay, but we're not going to apologise for the delay, so to speak, um, mm. because there are more important things. Um, so, you know, and I think by speaking about this psychological flexibility with a client around golf and he asked me a question about how does that go with life? I'm like, well, I think you know how it goes with life because you are the one that put two and two together and realised that maybe you need to adopt that same concept outside of life, whether it is work or, or, or whether it is relationships. Um, anyway, he sent me a message back about seven days later. He said, it took me two days to get clarity around the concept of um, flexibility in the area that he was talking about. I'll keep it confidential, but the area that he was talking about, um, and he said not only did it change his view of the situation, but that change in view of the situation dramatically changed the whole interaction with that situation or with that relationship. And he said he'd been in that relationship for a long, long time and that flexibility enabled him to view that relationship completely differently and then just change the direction of that relationship. Um, so, yeah, he said although he was talking about the concept around, around his game of golf, it became much, 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 much bigger than that. And, you know, we, uh, we could go into a whole... Yeah a whole nother episode in regards to how psychological flexibility can be adopted in real life and with our relationship with our partners or with our goals and business and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, relative to how it's manifested with me, you know, and going back to, and I said we go back to you know, that day of golf with uh, Sam and being oh. surrounded by, you know, one of our friends who I hadn't seen since he maybe had two or three stints of chemotherapy. You know, yeah, and this this Sam Doherty is one of the fittest players in AFL football, one of the most professional players in AFL football, and you know he carries you know, and he's he's fit, strong, well presented young man. And you turn up to the golf club, and and there's your mate who's got no hair, he's lost fifteen kilos, he's pale, but he smiles as wide as a harbour bridge and he's just so happy to be there. It was the first day that he could travel more than 15 k's away from home. He could come back to the golf course and, you know, just he and I playing golf for four hours together. And, you know, I didn't want to bombard him with questions about, uh, you know, his treatment and all that sort of thing, but it just came out in the conversation. Of course it was. And, yeah. you know, I said to the other guys, he's got, um, you know, permanent lines in, in here um, that go down into his you know, internal cavity here where he gets his treatment from. He's yeah. playing golf and you know, he was, it was the same of old, you know, he's like talking yeah. himself into and out of shots and all that sort of stuff. And it was, yeah. I, I didn't go into how his golf was, you know, he, he said, I want to get 30 points and that's a goal and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fine. He hit some great shots. He hit some stinkers. Being surrounded by, you know, someone and seeing how he dealt with his personal health. And then that was the day I was going back to the doctor yeah. to find out what was going on with me. Yeah. Um, relative to, you know, life and all that sort of thing and, and the flex psychological flexibility you know, and I look at how that sort of stress and pressure and, you know, I'm dealing with that and I've got some stuff going on at work, you know, like the resignation yeah. economy, it's a real thing, people. You know, if you've got a business and you've had people resign, I feel for you because that's yeah. what's happened to me. 
And that yeah. immediately puts me back under pressure because I've got all this other stuff going on. Yeah. But you know what? I have to be mentally agile and flexible around that. And it's yeah. stressful, but I've acknowledged that it's stressful. And yeah. I've spoken to people that it's stressful and I'm, I've got to deal with that. And it doesn't make it a less stressful situation to deal with, but how it sits in here, how it yeah. sits in here and the weight that it yeah. puts on you yeah. feel, feels different. Yeah, for sure. And I know I can recall a day because I was before my holiday when we're, we're, we're putting this clubhouse together, I was starting to feel a bit stressed as well, which I was carrying stress anyway. And then I could see that some, some things weren't happening from a clubhouse point of view. Like I was just getting stressed that we weren't building it as quickly as we'd like to. Um, you've got stuff going on at work that's putting you under stress. And I was just like, you know what? This whole timeline with this clubhouse thing is causing both of us more stress than, than what we need right now. We probably can't handle too much more stress. So I'm like, I think I'm being a little bit rigid with my expectation of how things want to unfold, and that's not helping any of us. So I really tried to switch into that flexibility mode and go, hey, just chill out, relax, don't worry about it, just extend the timeline, we'll get it done when we get it done, because I knew, one, that's going to help me, and I knew, two, that's going to help you. And if things don't get done for another two weeks or they don't get done for another two weeks or another month, it doesn't really matter. Um, but that's not easy to do when you're under stress. It's so easy to run with it and continue to build the stress, amplify the stress. The good news is for people that might be thinking about joining the Mental Mastery Clubhouse uh, program, the two courses that we're talking about did get done. They are out there live. Uh, the Gold members uh, are enjoying the most recent release, the Junior Sixes members are now re enjoying their course. They got done. Well, but interesting what happened, you know, like, and you, you're right, I was feeling that and the timeline. When I found out that I was like, okay, you know, that it was all, like yeah. this was all around that week where I'd pulled myself up off the tiles at one o'clock in the morning, not knowing yeah. when we're waking up from something or am I waking up at all. Um, and yeah. I don't want to trivialize, trivialize that because, but, you know, that week that I found out that I was okay and that yeah. sort of relief. Yeah that just gave me so much more clarity to be able to just to make sure that everything was okay. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah, you know, sure. that, that, we, that certainly that week where, you know, as part of that timeline, that deadline, you know, I was, yeah. I was actually quite concerned with what was going on. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and look, I could, you know, obviously because I'd pointed out a few times prior that, Hey, you just got to be careful. Like I, you know, I know we've got big plans with this clubhouse and that's great, but some things haven't happened that allow have allowed us to do what we want to do, but that's okay. We've got plenty of time. You know, we don't need to rush this. We this thing's going to be around for a hell of a long time. Um, and whether we get a course out right now or we get it out three weeks later, it's not going to make a difference. Just back, you know? just back to that round of golf, and you know, that's that week where I was, you know, trying to realign. Um, yeah. So the round of golf before the doctor's visit. Still didn't know that I was okay. I felt okay, but I still didn't know what was going on. So I had a bit of you know, yeah. stuff ahead of me. But you know what? We had the we had the session with the members the night before. Yeah. And you know, I said I was playing golf the next day. And yeah. I think you, know, you talked about gratitude, and you talked about yeah. a couple of different concepts. And and I really applied that to how I went to the golf course the next day. It was the first round since July. Yeah. July, August, September, October. It was the end of October. I thought, I'm just going to walk the course, play my golf, hit my golf yeah. shots. I'm going to listen for the birds. 
there's a certain yep. couple of birds that I like to listen to their sounds. You know, the ones that yep. sort of live around here. I'm going to listen for the sounds. I'm going to look up at the sky. I'm going to enjoy the company of my mate who's been battling his own thing. I'm just going to play golf. Yep. And I had two over par. Two over par around the north course at Peninsula Kingswood. You know, like, yep. it's not bad going, right? And it didn't – I didn't even think about it. I didn't even know really what the score was. I, I kept score and I didn't really – get too sort of worked up until the last hole now this is Mm -hmm. this is the point where you know i'm not infallible in terms of my mental game you know because it was traveling all nicely but i get to the last hole t's forward t's a little bit of a breeze the 18th north is that you know amphitheater hole which finishes in front of the the clubhouse it's the first day that all of the members are allowed to return that it lived more than five k's away of course the veranda the beautiful veranda which you know we've had many burgers chips and coffees there uh, it's full of people I've roped this big ropey drive around the corner. It's near the front right bunker. Like it's literally you could almost on the green. Almost on the green. Yeah. And the people are going, Is that his drive? Is that his drive? And I'm you know, I've got the head wobble going, Yeah, it's my drive actually. <laughs> and of course I'm videoing things because I, you know, like I want to make a video and all that sort of stuff. I turn the video camera on, I've got on my new little quad lock thing on my thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden this weight of expectation comes over me. It's just like I could feel it like wash over me like an emotion. Like I could feel it start yeah. at my head and just go down and go, hang on. Now if I get up this up and down, I can shoot one under. But then they're all watching and, and they've all just acknowledged that I've, that's pretty good and they expect a lot of this next shot. Therefore, I've got to deliver on this. And everything yeah. that I'd been feeling about the whole round and the, and the fluidity and the, and yeah. the freedom just yeah. sort of went, went away in that moment. And I thought, oh, yeah. And I started thinking. I thought I started thinking about Dom. What would Dom tell me to do? What have I got to do? And it, yeah. just, it was like this—the worst double flub that you could ever see. Yeah. Like I flubbed it like a foot, and then I went straight up to it the next, and so well, I'll just chip it up here and make a five, and that's it. Whatever. And I, I hit it like sideways into the bunker. It was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. And I could feel the people up there and you know going, looking away, going, "Oh, don't look, don't look, don't, darling, don't look, don't look at that double <laughs> flub." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But 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 you know what? I held my head up high. I held a smile on my face. I got into yeah. the bunker. I chipped it up. I out of the bunker. Two putter. Took six. Two over par. Big deal. I, yeah. I hugged me mate Sam Doherty, and I had the biggest yeah. smile on my face. And I didn't care. Of course, yeah. I, of course, I didn't. But it, yeah. it was. I don't know what you can digest out of that. But it was just really interesting to get there, and I could feel this weight of expectation. You know, I pushed it. Yeah. It had been away. It had been away with the birds looking up there in the sky. Um, yeah. Not thinking about it. Yeah. No expectation. And all of a sudden, this expectation. I thought, oh, jeepers, I should be able to deal with this. But it didn't. Yeah, and that's where for the listeners, like that's where that if mindset, that if mentality we talk a lot about is very powerful because if mindset is in if mentality is, you can say to yourself when you're feeling that weight of expectation, you can stop and go, okay, if I execute a really nice shot here and I give myself a chance to make a birdie, I might be able to shoot one under. But if I don't, it's okay. Mm. If I don't hit a good shot. It doesn't say anything about me other than I just didn't hit a good shot. And it doesn't mean that much. And then what happens is that's almost the competitor to that stress and anxiety taking over your body. It helps to diffuse it and then reverse that physiological sensation. So just And, again, that's that flexibility. I'd like to hit a good shot here, but I don't have to. If I do, it's good. If I don't, it's okay. Uh, I've just been probably the day before or three days before, two days before that writing, uh, the content around the if, uh, yeah. for the 
Junior Sixes program. Um, yeah. Just yeah. just goes to show people you have to put the work into this uh, mental game because it doesn't happen by just by sitting there putting the courses together. You've got to work at it. And that's <laughs> yeah, bit, you mean, you, yeah. But that's you haven't about, played for how, how long? I mean, it's months and months and months. I was very happy. I, like I was yeah. very. I was. I can't. Yeah. I can't articulate how good a day it was. Just for on many levels, just, yeah. just golf score aside, it was just a great day. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Catching up with Sam, and he, you know, I've asked Sam. I said, Sam, you don't mind if I talk about this, you know, hanging out, you know, your health and and how important yeah. his health was, and, and you know, just the way that he discovered that you know he had an issue with um, you know testis- testicular cancer, um, yeah. how how that all discovered, how the boys at the club got around, how they've raised two hundred thousand dollars for the Peter Mac um, Foundation, who treat yeah. you know cancer sufferers. It's just been a phenomenal journey. I hope yeah. you know, thankfully, Sam looks like he'll make a full recovery and return to training, that sort of thing. But yeah. um, Right. It was just a great day. Um, yeah. But the beauty about the Mental Mastery Clubhouse for the people who might already be a part of it or thinking about being part of it, you know, this material that that is just there all the time, you know, you can return yeah. to it. You can relook at the videos. You can redo the course. You, it's just a, yeah. a phenomenal reason. Jump, a phenomenal jump on the resource. forum and read all the discussion points and jump on the forum and ask me a question. It's, um, yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, it's such a great platform and, and you know, um, I, I think that uh, it provides so much value for people. And as you say, like, you have that round and you're like, something changed on that last hole, that last chip shot, something changed. Let's go back to the course and see what it might have been. And you're like, ah, that if mindset, I didn't have it. I had, an, I, I had a have-to mindset, which triggered some rigidity and stress and anxiety and you know, the more you learn those concepts and you apply them, the more they become your natural and normal default setting. Oh, my, um, my, my default settings were were great for right up yeah. until that moment. You know, like I'd applied yeah. so much of what we've learned and what I've what I've learned through putting the, the material together. Uh, yeah. I was so happy, but just you know, just that little. Un- yeah. But anyway, I've learned that, and yeah. and I'm sure I won't forget it uh, for that yeah. point in time and that reason that day. You know, the, yeah. that person I was with. Um, anyway, yeah, no, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, Jamie, thanks for your understanding on all of that, and thanks for your support. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, I remember telling you that. Uh, by the way, I pulled myself up off the tiles at one o'clock uh, the other morning, and um, um, you were yeah. obviously concerned. Um, and thank you. No, mate, it's uh, my pleasure. I um, I could tell, and and uh, I mean, you know, I could tell how much work you were putting in with all your different. Um, you know, responsibilities and uh, your passion for our project is, um, you know, as much as my passion is for it. So uh, I know that that passion is great, but it also can drive us to being burnt out. And um, so, yeah, I think holding our each other accountable for that moving forward so that we've got some good balance um, and also having listeners help hold us and each other accountable inside the clubhouse, I think, is, uh, is great, you know, with those... Um, you know, the monthly live webinars that we have with members and just continuing to check in on one another. I think it's a, a great um, a great concept and, uh, yeah, one we'll keep focused on moving forward. Look, hopefully after that discussion, if it's something that does affect you in your life, uh, day-to-day work, you know, whether it hasn't manifested or you think about it, you know, if you're thinking about it and it hasn't manifested, it's probably some, somewhere there. If this listening to this little segment has helped you understand a little bit more and maybe make a change, maybe think about making a change, maybe think about talking to someone if you need to change anything, 
talk to us, talk to your GP, talk to your doctor, talk to your mental health expert, talk to your partner, friend, family, talk to someone. Um, because if you think something's not quite right, it's a good chance that there's something not quite right in terms of your health. Yeah. Physically, mentally, um, get it checked out. That's uh, yeah. that's my sort of message out of that, um, Jamie. Yeah. Um, I back that message 100%. I, uh, yeah, perfect, Roscoe. That's great. Well, I think uh, we've caught up. We've talked about Herbie, uh, exciting times ahead. Congratulations on being a PGA Tour winning coach. Congratulations to Dom if he listens. Congratulations to Lucas and uh, Pewey and uh, what's the, his young body? Luke. 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 Luke's the, yeah, Luke's yeah. The, uh, the new massage guy. So, um, and Boise, the stats guy. And, um, yeah, you know, Rolly, his manager. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that um, – have played a part, big or small, um, in this. Uh, so yeah, look, it's, it's, it's exciting times, and looking forward to continuing to, um, I suppose, push the boundaries of seeing how good he can become and and, and what he can achieve moving forward. Now that we've uh, he's ticked off a PGA Tour win, so uh, very excited. Once again, the building blocks probably came a little bit sooner, but uh, you know it was good to yep. see these building blocks being ticked off. Excellent work, mate. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed uh, catching back up with us. Uh, we've enjoyed catching up with you. Once again, uh, jump on and have a look at the mentalmasteryclubhouse.com.au. It is a great place and a great resource for you. If you are interested and keen on improving your mental game through the power of the mental game, you can improve your golf, absolutely, and uh, and other things as well, as we just talked about today. Jamie Glazier, good to catch you. Thanks, Roscoe. Appreciate it. Well, I'll uh, see you next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you. If you want to bridge the gap between potential and performance and start to build your own unbreakable mental game today, join us over at mentalmastery.com.au at the Mental Mastery Clubhouse where we would love to connect with you and see you on the inside of the clubhouse where we can continue the mental performance journey. It's been a pleasure having you. See you next time.